0: Some of you in this place love animals. No. I said some <laughs> more than people. Some of you, and I, I, I just, what I did early in the week this last week is I posted a picture. Of uh, our our chocolate lab, who is no longer with us, I posted it on on the church online page and I asked if if people would post a picture of their pet and uh, tell us you know why they loved it and and I was amazed at I, I mean like a lot of those pets are no longer with us, you know, which I, tends to make me think that that maybe we, we really romanticize the past and our current pet we may not feel exactly the same way about because that one was the best pet. Um, but I want to thank those of you that did that. But uh, at the risk of creating some, some controversy here, some very unnecessary controversy, um, I'm going to share with you that there are three people, uh, C.S. Lewis, the great author, Uh, Billy Graham, America's pastor, and Martin Luther, who uh, was so instrumental in what is called the Reformation, um, really is why there's anything outside of the Catholic Church. Those three individuals taught something similar to each other. And I did not know this before, but they taught that pets... Will be in heaven. Now, I'm going to go even a step further and I'm going to quote Billy Graham. Billy Graham is the, I mean, he is the most respected pastor, I think, in the history of our nation, maybe even. And here's what Billy Graham said He said, I think God will have prepared everything for our perfect happiness. He's talking about heaven. If it takes my dog being there, I believe he'll be there. Now, I don't think Billy Graham was trying to create doctrine or theology, and I'm certainly not trying to do that today either. But the Bible mentions animals in heaven. The Bible mentions in the book of Isaiah the wolf, the lion, the lamb, the leopard, the goat, the calf... And there's a, a debate. I know it because I've had people come to me and say, "Don't you say that that there's not going to be dogs in heaven and and I, I I can in turn say to them with probably great certainty as I know a couple that won't make it to heaven. I've owned some of those but the, our are are The people's intense love for animal animals sort of sparks this debate, and and I know you might be thinking, how in the world is he ever going to bring this around to actually something you can preach on? Just hang with me, okay? Hang with me. But our pets, think about it for a moment. They comfort us. They love us unconditionally. And we love them unconditionally. And it has to be unconditional because that rug rat has literally chewed your furniture to the point where it's not worth anything anymore. Okay? They have done things to your carpet that you don't want people to know. They have destroyed thousands of dollars of things. And, and you love them. You love them. You, I mean, you, they're the best thing in, in the whole world to us right but there's this this sense of comfort this un, uh, unconditional love and acceptance this companionship you open the door and they're they're excited to see you at the end of the day and you sit down on the couch and they jump up in your lap and you let them lick your face do you know do you know where do i have to even say it don't make me say it. But yet we, while well, we let them, yeah. Hey, oh, my puppy loves me. <laughs> People's love for pets can at times exceed their love for people. Scripture actually uses animals to teach us about God's love. In a very profound way. We understand, and we can understand that love. We can understand it somewhat. It's it's unfathomable, but but because we love our pets, we can understand God loving us. We're in this series called The Church As, and so today we're going to talk about the Church as God's flock. It's a metaphor that gives us insight into God's care. And the first thing I want to touch on is that the shepherd loves his sheep. And you think, this is a terrible metaphor. This is awful. Because the Bible is comparing me to a smelly sheep. Okay? And you let that smelly dog that sheds climb under the sheets with you. Don't, don't tell God he can't use a sheep Okay, in this illustration, this metaphor, okay? Because we've up the ante a little bit. But before we get up very defensive, I I, I want to remind us that God chose this metaphor, and 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 you might say to yourself, Well, why didn't God just use a dog as an illustration? Because that would have been a lot more understandable, a lot more relatable. In when when archaeologists have studied the Hebrew culture. Dogs were not a real part of the culture. Interestingly, neighboring countries, dogs were a big part of the culture, but not the Hebrew culture. In fact, if, if, a, if a Hebrew or a Jew really wanted to slam you or, or, or criticize you or really call you a bad name, they would call you a dog. And they referred to the Gentiles as Gentile dogs. It was, it was not uh, uh, something that was a good, uh, a good statement. Psalm 100 in verse 3, the, the very last sentence of that verse, it says that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So God refers to us as his sheep. God created us, we belong to him, he cares for us. I love Isaiah 40 verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. There's a tenderness here. There's a tenderness that I want us to see. There's an emotional connection between the shepherd and his flock and his sheep. I want to draw your attention to a story that we find in the Old Testament, and the story is told by the prophet Nathan. Nathan was the prophet in Israel, and King David had sinned. Let me remind you, David had had an affair with Bathsheba. But he didn't stop there. He actually had her husband killed. So Nathan has the responsibility to confront the sin of the king. And so he tells the king a story. And this story that he tells is of two men. One man is rich and he has many sheep he has many flocks and herds of sheep and goats the other man is a poor man and he is able to simply have one sheep let me read a couple sentences from second samuel chapter 12 verse 3 but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought he raised it and it grew up with him and his children it shared his food drank from his cup even slept in his arms it was like a daughter to him what does that sound like sounds like you and your dog i what I, i'm t- i'm just i hadn't i hadn't thought about this before but when i read those verses it was like a light going on there is this, this, this sense of, of love, there is this sense of, of um, really the way we feel about our pets. That's the way this man in this story felt about that sheep. So scripture gives us a context to understand that this is not just a barnyard animal. Are you with me? There is a love, there is an emotional connection here. Well, the rich man had a friend come to town. And instead of going out into his pastures and picking one of the sheep from his many flocks, he goes next door to the poor man and he confiscates that man's pet and butchers it, and serves it to his guest. And the king was outraged. And the king was outraged in part because the king was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. He understood the love that you can have for that animal. He understands the love that that we have And have had for our pets. God is emotionally connected to the flock. Number two, the shepherd is the source of life. I read uh, Psalm 23 yesterday at a funeral. Um, I do often because um, that psalm is such a comforting psalm to people, but David wrote it, and he wrote it uh, from the perspective of a shepherd and a sheep, and he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I was in college, I came across a book by Tim Keller called The Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, and Keller did a lot of research on the 23rd Psalm and found out some things about sheep that are interesting, and the first thing is that, that... Sheep cannot lie down if they are stressed or if they're bullied or if they are uh, being pursued at all, if they're threatened, and they have to be able to lie down. They lie down because they're a ruminant, and when they lie down, they are able to chew their cud. So they, they need to lie down, and it's the presence of the shepherd that causes them to feel safe and secure that allows them to lie down. Now interestingly, when they're lying down and when they're chewing their cud, if they lay too close to a, a, a spot where they could get um, in a little bit of trouble, um, if, they, if they typically are on uneven ground, if that sheep would rotate just a little bit they could actually roll over on their back and, and just like a turtle, they can't get up. And so what happens is th- their stomach system is multi-chambered and, and they would begin to have gas buildup and if the shepherd does not get to them in time, they would die. So the shepherd has to come and grab them by the wool and pull them so that Uh, Over so their legs are under them, and then as he gets his legs on each side of them, grab the fur, the wool, and literally pull them up so that they can get their feet under them and they'll be okay. But if he doesn't get there in time, they will die because of that gas buildup. The 23rd Psalm talks about the shepherd preparing a table. Keller said that's literally referring to the mountain pastures and how the shepherd has to go ahead of time and, and hunt out the predators that might be there. Maybe there's bear in those hills. Maybe there's coyotes or there's wolves, and they would, they would uh, want to kill the sheep uh, and, and for food, and so the shepherd has to go and take care of those. Probably my favorite, because... I've, I, you know, have, being a, a person that loves horses, I, you know, I, I've, I've known of a, a fly called the bot fly. And the bot fly always circles around the, the usually the, the feet of a horse, the legs of a horse, and they lay their, their eggs on their, their, on their skin. But with a sheep, they go for the, the nasal passage. And so they lay eggs in the nasal passage, and then those eggs hatch. They become larvae, and then they get they they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just creates incredible pressure, and it drives the sheep crazy. So the shepherd pours a mixture of oil and spices on the head of the sheep, acting like uh, insect repellent. And so he rubs it all over the the wool and the face and in the, the nostril and 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 what it does is it allows the sheep to not be pestered by those flies. We see an incredible care that takes place, and sheep require a lot of care. In two thousand and five, in Istanbul, Turkey, um, there was a, a news story where where a sheep herding, sheep farming operation had a sheep that leapt from a cliff to its death. And 1,500 other sheep followed that sheep off the cliff. They have such strong herding instincts that they will literally go over a cliff because I'm supposed to follow the guy in front of me. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. I love what he says to Peter in John 21. Jesus is talking to Peter, who's denied him three times, and Jesus asks him three times. He said, do you love me, Peter? And Peter, every time, he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus said, Peter, feed my lambs take care of my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. God cares for his flock. He cares for them. Jesus in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd literally provides life for his sheep. Jesus provides life for you and for me. Abundant life. Thirdly, the shepherd rescues lost sheep. Now we already know that sheep get in trouble. We just talked about that. Jesus uses a story of sheep to illustrate that fact from Luke chapter 15. It says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Let me ask you this question. Would you risk the 99% for the 1%? That's a really good question. Because I think most of us would say, "Mm, I really don't want to put the 99% at risk. So maybe I just have to cut my losses here. But the shepherd doesn't look at it that way. See, the shepherd knows that that you... In the next two years, she could have six or more lambs. And those lambs, if they are female, they then will also have additional lambs. And within about four years, you're, you're not looking at one you, you're looking at 36 or 37 sheep total. The shepherd understands the value of his flock, the value of his sheep. Do you know that God understands your value? He understands your value. He understands my value. In fact, he places that value on us. What did Jesus say in John 10 we read it? That the, the shepherd lays down his life for his sheep? Jesus determined our value. The enemy would say that we're not worth anything, but Jesus said, you're worth so much, I'm willing to die for you. God the Father said, we're so valuable that I sent, I'm i gonna send my son Jesus to die for you. Fourthly, well, let me back up a second because I, I wanna remember this. In Luke 19, Jesus is referring to Zacchaeus where he says this, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus knows our value. We may not, we may not believe that we're worth anything, but Jesus has determined our value. So number four, intimacy with the shepherd. John chapter 10, 26 to 28, he said, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. He said, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. From these verses, we're able to understand that only those who believe and put their trust in Jesus are part of God's flock. The sheep belong to Jesus. He refers to them as my sheep. He has a relationship, there is a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. You say, that's crazy. That is crazy. Is it really? How about you and your dog? I think we already determined that. It's not crazy. The shepherd calls the sheep by name. I didn't share this in the first service, but when I was a kid, I milked cows for one summer. And there was one cow that was the best, number 36. You could go up to number 36 wherever she was. You could pet her. You could put a rope on her and lead her. You could milk her in the pasture. She just she had been literally hand-raised by the farmer's wife. I, I don't know why, but this cow was just different. I mean it was this this cow was like special. I want you to know that you are special to him. It says they listen, I know them, they follow me. And it's not like it's not like Lassie, who always knew what well Timmy had fallen in. Okay? Because that's Hollywood. But there's an intimacy that we can have with Jesus, our shepherd. Number five, the shepherd protects the sheep. I'm going to have the worship team come and they're going to lead us in just a moment. In 1 Samuel 17, verses 34 and 35 says, but David said to Saul, remember this is when David is trying to prove his worth to be able to fight Goliath. He said, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. David was a shepherd. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. Struck it. And rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you can feel the hot breath of hell breathing on your life and your family. The enemy of your soul is after you. And I want you to know something. Jesus, the good shepherd, he grabs the enemy by the scruff of the neck and he strikes him and he kills him. It's called the lake of fire. It is eternal punishment. And one day he will not be able to do to us what he has been doing to us in our lifetimes. The shepherd protects the sheep. Isaiah says this in Isaiah 53, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Jesus in John 10, he said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Just like David said, the bear, the lion, the wolf, whatever it is, he's, he's, man, they're gonna grab the sheep. But Jesus said, that he's there for our protection. In the book of Acts, chapter 20 and verse 29, the apostle Paul is speaking here. He said, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Jesus came to rescue his sheep. He came to protect his sheep. He came that we might have life and life more abundantly. where the sheep of his pasture, Psalm 100 says. And as we close our service, I'm just going to invite you to stand with me. And I want you to take that memory of that, that pet that you had that meant so much to you. And I want you to embrace it. But I want you to remember that God is not the pet, and you are not the pet owner. You're the pet. And He loves you, He loves you unconditionally, and you have messed up His living room a lot. You've chewed on furniture. Some of you have run away. And he got out in his car and he drove the neighborhoods and he called your name rolling down the window. He called his neighbors and friends and said, have you seen my little dog? They ran away tonight. He put up posters saying, if you find My dog, please call me. In fact, there's a reward. Call me. I'm willing to do anything. I'll give anything. In fact, he gave his son, Jesus. Maybe you're not feeling very loved today. Maybe you're feeling like, man, those wild animals, they have gotten to me and they are tearing me up. I want you to know that Jesus the Good Shepherd is here and he's got him by the scruff of the neck and he will protect you. As I have the team lead us, I just feel that I need to just open this altar if that's you. I just want to invite you to a place of intimacy with the shepherd. And I don't care what's going on in your life, but if you, if the Holy Spirit is saying, that's you, he's talking about you, I want you to come and just, just find a place as the team leads us. And, and someone's gonna come and lay their hand on your shoulder and pray with you to encourage you because you are loved. And God has given his son, the shepherd has given his life for you. Team, would you lead us? Father, I thank you for such a vivid picture of your love for us. I'm so thankful that. Most of us have memories of of some some dog or cat or some pet that, that we loved so much that can give us a glimpse into how you feel about us. And Father, I pray for those that may have really been struggling this week to feel loved, to feel validated, to feel worthy. God, I just pray that you'll do the same thing that we do with those important things in our lives to just scoop them up. And I pray that you'll embrace them with your love. God, your word says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, I pray that as the enemy bears down on us, I pray that you will take him and that you will remind him of his future and that you'll defend your sheep. As you've laid down your life for your sheep, I pray defend your sheep. God, I thank you. I thank you that you love us. I thank you, God that you take care of us. I thank you that you provide for us. I thank you, Lord, that you give us an opportunity for an intimate relationship with you. God, you truly have blessed us. In Jesus' name we pray.